are back again for another week of the Maryland Men's Basketball Show. Byron Mouton Show. I'm your host, Mark Gray, with my co-host, Byron. How you doing today, brother? Hey, man. I'm doing great trying to get through this snowstorm. So uh, it passed, and we're ready to go. So we're back. And we promised you a guest, and we have one of the greatest Terps of all time, Lonnie Baxter. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm good. How y'all doing? Smile. You smile. You like that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a big day. It's warm outside. The snow is melting, so... One of the greatest turfs of all time. That's, that's got a nice ring to it. And then you know the man behind the uh, behind the mic, uh, A1. How you doing today, buddy? Okay, okay. Well, we'll start off. Uh, since we last talked, uh, we've played Northwestern. We've gone three and four since we last yeah. talked with a uh, less than impressive three and one. Sorry, I w- we won three out of four. I'm sorry. <laughs> three and one. We've won three out of four. Um, we got a rookie in the building. Still got his phone on. on, uh, on. Uh, we less than impressive victory against Northwestern. Um, I don't know what we want to call that loss to Michigan State. At least they they showed up against Michigan State, and then a huge victory against Iowa and uh, a victory against Ohio State. You want to go straight and start with um the Northwestern game, Mo? Oh yes, I mean you know it's a home game against Northwestern, so you know came out did what we're supposed to do. It's a Big Ten uh, game, so it's a win. Um. My thoughts, you know, I can't wait till we talk about the Michigan State game. So, you know, okay. it's a win. Okay. I just want to move past that game. <laughs> Lonnie, let's let's start with you since yeah. you're not here on a regular basis and start by saying we appreciate you uh lending us your time and your uh basketball expertise. What do you what have, what have been your take over since you've left Maryland and just the roller coaster ride that this basketball program has been on from from the day that you left in turn with the national championship and where we all thought that this was going to be the new norm and Maryland has arrived as an elite, uh, you know, team to be around for for decades. Uh, and then it just never really quite happened until right now we're just getting back. Um, You know, Maryland's been up and down. I remember what year was it, 2004, when we lost to, who was it, UConn in the tournament. Um, You know, we, we, were, we won the ACC that year. You know, we expected to do really well in the tournament. But uh, UConn just happened to be the better team. Um, it's been up and down, you know, one time Grievous Vasquez had a season where he had the whole team on his shoulders, you know. Um, so it has been up and downs, but there has been a lot of bright spots, you know, a lot of good players, Alex Lane getting drafted, you know, we still have Steve Blake in the NBA. Um, like I said, Grievous Vasquez, one of the best scorers at Maryland ever, still playing in the NBA. So um, it has been up and down, but now, you know, this year we have a lot of firepower, we have a lot of depth. Um, you know, Diamond Stone is playing very well. Robert Carter is a great addition for the Terps. And, you know, Melo Trimble, I mean, everybody knows that he really basically turned the whole thing around for Maryland last year. And here we are today, you know, ranked, what, number three in the country. So uh, I believe this season is going to be really great for the Terps. Okay. Um, go ahead, Moo. We want to get into this. Um, go straight into the Michigan State game. What did you see at the Michigan State game? Well, I just see, like, uh, uh, we talked about this going into it, uh, you know, I have noticed in the last couple of games, uh, Melo Trimble was the type of guy that averaged, you know, eight or nine free throws a game, and now he's, for some reason, you know. Not just for some reason. Go ahead. I'm glad <laughs> you brought him up because I, I, I definitely wanted to get into that. But yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. So I've just noticed he's shooting a lot of jump shots. Uh, and, you know, his 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 thing was getting to the basket, creating havoc in the paint, uh, creating fouls. Collapsing the defense and dishing off to the big guys, uh, Carter and Stone, and get easy baskets. So, you know, I was just a little concerned about that, you know, just trying to shoot high percentage shots, but now they're selling for, you know, 
threes and, you know, low percentage shots. Randomly right on time, um, I was texting. I think I texted you, but I know I definitely texted A1. And I was saying that I think what we're starting to see in basketball is the Steph Curry effect in basketball. And then right on time, an article comes out stating that Steph Curry says Melo Tremble resembles him. And as we watch Steph Curry essentially take the world by storm by shooting three-pointers, you're starting to see as you watch whether it's high school basketball, uh, even against the rest of the NBA, you see more and more three-pointers and less people driving. And, you know, the the post is almost a lost art all in itself. We even got big men out there jacking up threes uh, left, right, and center. And as I'm sitting here watching the mellow tremble, I said it just – I remember the, when we started this, uh, at the beginning of this year, Mouton, you had said, you know, Melo was living at the three-throw three, yes. free throw line yep, last yep, year. Yep. And when I went and looked it up, he's shooting three less free throws a game this year, which is huge. You know, it from, is. From, four, uh, from, four, uh, from seven last year to four this yep. year. And his three-point attempts are up. And it seems like he's falling in love with the three-point shot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you know, you know, great saying by Charles Barkley, you know, you live and die by the three. <laughs> Everybody talk about Barkley, you know, one of the funniest commentators, one of the best players that ever played. He said the only thing you do by three is die. That's it, period. So, you know, I'm looking at the game, and I'm all, I'm always looking at the bigger picture. Like I told you before, I'm expecting the Terps to make it to the Final Four. When they get to the Final Four, anything is possible to happen. But this team has the tools. They have the coaching. They have the players. They have the depth to get there. So, my concern right now is just too many jump shots, period, and not enough getting in the lane where Melo Trevor has been great since he came to Maryland. I'm just going to read you these numbers going back over yeah. the last five games. The first Ohio State game, he takes five shots, three of them from the three-point line. Yeah. Northwestern game, he takes 18 shots, six of them from the three-point line. Michigan State game, he takes 17 shots, 11 of them from the three-point line. 11? Iowa wow. game, he only takes seven shots total, six of them. From the three-point line. Wow. The Ohio State game, 16 shots total, 10 of them from the three-point line. He essentially, oh, wow. he's just standing at the three. He's almost at 50% of his shots. And in the last five games, it's more than 50% yeah. of his shots are coming from the three-point line. And uh, I'm going to ask you this, Lonnie, because this is this is right up your alley. We'll get into your thoughts on Diamond Stone later, who I think is a beast of a big man down there. When you're a big man running up and down the court like that and you know – Let's say you know that you you got a mismatch on your opponent. How does that? What are you thinking when you when the point guard is just consistently jacking up threes? It doesn't have to. It just just in general, from all your basketball experience. Uh, well, the game has really evolved into a three point game. You know, from when I played, and you know, like I say, if you watch Golden State play, you know they won the NBA championship last year, and <laughs> that's all they do is shoot threes. You know, like like Mouton said, Charles Barkley said, you you die by the three. But um, Golden State proved everybody wrong last year. And if you look over the NBA, a lot of teams are playing small now. You know, Maryland actually has the – they have a lot of firepower. You know, Robert Carter can step out and shoot threes. Jake Lehman can shoot threes. Uh, Jared Nicken can shoot threes. So, like I say, the game has evolved. And, you know, the way people scout nowadays, they're not just going to let Melo get to the hole on a regular nightly basis because they've been seeing him so much. So he has developed that jump shot where, you know, he can, you know, go inside and out, you know, drive and dish. You know, sometimes he has to take those threes because when you're the main guy and the ball's in your hands. So, I mean, he's able to make those three-pointers. You can tell he's been working on his shot. And like like I say, the game has evolved into a three-point shooting game, a more jump um, shot shooting game, you know, over the past – 
few years, and like I say, in the NBA, college, you look around, there is no more really post-presence anymore. I mean, there are a few bigs, you know, Diamond Stone, you know, when he does get it, you can see he knows what to do. But overall, the game has evolved, and like I say, if you don't have a jump shot, then you, you probably won't even be playing at all. I know you said you watch a lot of the Maryland games. Have you ever found yourself, and you see a guy at one of those games, that was one of them that we lost, Diamond Stone was at one point like six for seven over a stretch, and we just couldn't seem to get him the ball down the stretch. Do you ever find yourself just saying, throw it in there with a the big guy? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it is because, you know, I remember I was at the Penn State game where Diamond Stone went off for, what, 39 and yeah. 12, yeah. whatever. And I was just like, I was amazed because it was really like his breakout game. And, you know, he set a freshman record. I think he might have set a Maryland record. Um, and he it was a tremendous that night. Thirty nine <laughs> points in his first big. <laughs> it was big it was it was a tremendous yeah. game for him, and you know that's when he arrived. But like I said, the game has evolved so much. Like the way people scout, they're just not gonna let you, you know, dominate inside the paint, get to the hole anymore. So like I said, it's a three point shooting game now. A lot of jump shots are being taken in basketball, and that's just the way the game has evolved. So Lonnie, you know, me and uh, Mark be talking about um, the last. You know, we always revert back to the two thousand two national championship because that's the only championship Maryland ever won mm -hmm. so so we sit here talking about it and um, you know like I say coach Gary Williams um, you know one of the greatest coaches I ever you know I believe to ever coach a game one of the great greatest coach I ever played for so I talked to Mark we talk about it all the time like in order to win a national championship I believe you have to have a half-court offense you have to slow because the game slows down you know, and that's why certain teams make it to the final. That's why certain upsets because one team plays one way the whole time, and then when the game slows down, you don't have that half court offense. So me and Mark be talking about. I say, man, you know, the, one of the major reasons why we won a national championship because we had the low presence. We had you um, and Wilcox. We can throw it down there, back to the basket, just get a bucket. Because you know, it's been situation where you know myself, uh, Steve Blake, Juan Dixon, just the perimeter game wasn't there. And uh, we throw it down to you or Wilcox, and, you know, game changes. So that's my only uh, other question for the Terps, too, that they got to have somebody consistently, I believe, to win a night championship, have a guy that can put their back to the basket and score down low, period. I, so, I brought it up on the last show, and yeah. I said, while Juan gets all the attention, which yeah. he deserves every, yeah. every bit of it, and he had a great season, great run, great career. He was yeah. going to take nothing away from one. But what gets lost in all that, and yeah. people don't remember, is that it was actually you who <laughs> yeah. was the fin who was the fin the region MVP both years that we went to the final four. Yep. And it, it, when when it got down to the end, and we ran into a UConn team with Karan Butler. It was you who had, what was it, 20-something, 30-something? How many did you have? I know you know your stats. Um, it's been so long. It was, it was <laughs> close to 30, both games. You don't know? I, I no, really I, don't I, know. It's been <laughs> so long. I, it was 30 because <laughs> I was watching. It was 32, yeah, 33. Yeah, I, I remember. It was 30-something. It was, it was and an even the Stanford 2 game. I mean, they right. had the big twins. They had the twins, right. And they, you know, they couldn't guard you. Another regionals MVP. And, and so. I'll use that question as the transition in, and I'll say, as I'm watching these games, and you two can let me know whether I'm crazy, I, I'm raising the question. Is it time to transition to making Diamond Stone the number one scoring option? Um, like I say, everybody knows what Diamond Stone gets the ball. He knows what to do with it. You know, I mean, he's still young. He's still maturing. You know, he's a freshman just coming out of high school. He's, what, 18, 17, Yeah, but this, is a, this, this is a college game where it's – It is a college game, but he's still, <laughs> he's still learning, you know, yeah, on yeah, the no, fly. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. He's still learning on the fly. But, I mean, if you watch the game – 
you know, Robert Carter is a good post presence inside. He has a nice jump hook. He has good size. He knows how to read the defense, and he plays well. And when Carter and Diamond Stone are both, you know, clicking together, you can really see, you know, what a difference it makes. So there is a post presence, don't get me wrong, but like I say, the evolution of the three-point shot, you know, the shot clock is now down to, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like I say, the game has evolved and changed, and that's just how it is. You know, that's how everybody plays nowadays. What, what, what do you think of the idea of making Diamond Stone the number one scoring option, Mo? Uh I think that's what you have to do. I mean, like I told you before, like I told you before, it's okay, Coach Turgeon, to make all these adjustments and try what he got on, but like I told you, when it comes down to this NCAA conference, I mean NCAA tournament slash conference play, you gotta have seven players. Period. You gotta go with seven players. Period. And I think that me personally, um, uh, Stone has to be the number one option. Period. Because he's the most consistent guy down there. He can score in a variety of ways. Uh, Melo is the leader on the team. You know, he controls the tempo of the game. But when it comes down to it, yeah, I, I, I would like <laughs> to see us. And I understand that this time of the year is is about learning who you yeah, are yeah, and getting exactly. your identity. But as we watch, and not to take it does, it, I'm not saying this as if Melo did anything wrong. To no, he has spot or, or no. of a sort. Or that anybody's lost any faith in him. Melo's every bit of a player. But every single night you turn on ESPN, there's a great guard. The, the, the nation is full of great guards. Exactly. There's no shortage of great guards. Playgrounds, there's great guards who aren't even in the league. There's no shortage. <laughs> but what Diamond Stone has is rare. What, it's, what you can't turn on the TV any single night and see it is six foot ten, six foot eleven guy who's coordinated, can catch, and can finish around the basket. That, yes, that is very rare. So I feel like if we have something that's rare, why not use that? You know, to, to to its to its max potential. I mean, he shoots an absurd percentage from the floor. Obviously, he's shooting much closer shots. But I would like to see him getting running the offense through him. How I'd like to see that free up, uh, Mello for more shots and you know, play the game of basketball in the tra tra traditional way of you know inside out sort of basketball. Um. Well, I believe you know it's definitely Mello Tremble's team. You know, yeah. I mean. It doesn't mean year. that it doesn't have to be his team. I'm not saying it's not his team. No, it is his team. It's, still, it's definitely still <laughs> no, his team. It's definitely his team, and, you know, he has been the number one scoring option. You know, Melo is a dynamic point guard. He is. You know, when I see him, I see Rod Strickland. You know, that's who I always say. Really? Yeah. I always say, you know, Melo Tremble is a little Rod Strickland. I and feel like Rod looked the past a little bit more. Um, I mean, yeah, he probably did, but. I like that compare. Rod's a tough dude, man. Yeah, love Rod. Tough. I mean, yeah. love Rod. Yeah, man. There has been given nights where Trimble has yeah. had a lot of assists, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like I say, it's still his team, you know. And you know, a lot of people forget about Rashid Suleiman, you know, which is a, another great addition to the to the Maryland Terps this year. You know, coming over from Duke, um, that's going to give us a lot of firepower. Right now, I mean, it's all about making the tournament, which we're definitely going to be in the tournament and where we're seated and who we match up with. Um, but when the tournament starts, you can best believe Suleiman knows how to get it done. And he's going to be a big factor, you know, the rest of the way for the season and going into the tournament. Because Rashid Suleiman, you know, he's, he has some great experience playing under Coach K. You know, I mean, he knows how to play the game. He's athletic, you know, a good shooter, a good slasher. I um, love his body language. He yeah, always looks yeah. like he's in control of the huddle. He's in control of the tempo of the yeah. game. He's when somebody falls, he's the first person to pick <laughs> somebody up. He, you know, he he's got that that he he always looks like he's having fun and he looks as yeah. the word we've used and uh, this whole year is under control, yeah. which is something that Maryland has lacked for the last better part of a decade. And um, <laughs> he he looks he, he adds that veteran uh, poise, yeah. we should say. Right now, 
what is one thing I ask you both that you think I've already we've already talked about a move, but I'll let yeah. you go again. Yeah. Lonnie, what is one thing you would like to see this team improve before, before we can say it's time to make this title run? Um, a lot of times I don't really I see they look stagnant when they're running their offense sometimes, you know. Um Sometimes I wonder if there is an offense being run, but I'm, go ahead. I'm on the same page. Um, like I say, you know, um, Melo has a lot of control of the offense. There's a lot of freelancing at times from what I see. You know, I mean, when we played, you know, everybody knew we were running the flex. And <laughs> no matter how much you scouted it, you just couldn't stop it because we had – like, we were a rare team. We had a lot of, you know, a lot of players, you know, that weren't superstars. And we all got along together well. We got along together on the court. We communicated. And we just – we just clicked because we were always on the same page no matter what. And, you know, sometimes when you see the church play, it's just a lot of stagnation. You know, a lot of guys look confused where they don't know when they should cut, where they should go. But, I mean, like I say, they still have a lot of firepower, and I believe, you know, they'll get it together by the time the tournament comes or by the time the ACC tournament comes. I'm sorry, the Big Ten tournament comes. Yeah. You know, I'm used to me being an ACC that. guy. You know, it, it's still kind of new, you know. Still, it's yeah. still an ACC I'm sorry, the Big Ten tournament comes. So, um, like I say, um, you just want to see them improve from that move. What you yeah. Mean? No, you know what? Before I say yeah, it, it, he makes a great point because a friend of mine, we were talking about that the other day. Like, I'm sitting here looking at, you know, Coach Turgeon, like say, great guy, uh, great job he's doing, you know, the last couple of years getting all these players out of there that which wasn't high D1 players, you know. But now he got the right pieces. It, it takes a lot, man, to form a great team. But at the same time, you know, I get a little confused myself and try to figure out what type of style they have. What type of half court offense? What they, you know, what 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 is their half court offense? I don't see it. So, you know, that's that's a big problem when it comes to tournament play, um, conference play. So, you know, that's one of my reasons in line and bringing it up again. And you know, as basketball players and people that have been around the game, you can see that type stuff. But once again, um, my um, view on it is uh, we got to stop, you know, or limit our threes and go back to what we've been with doing and that's trying to get in the paint and that's what make Melo tremble so tough when i first seen him last year and early in this year that he was getting inside the paint and you talk about it, all great point guards all these analysts all these people that know basketball if you have a great guard he gets inside the paint and when your guard gets inside the paint it's going to be tough to defend and that's what Melo tremble has that a lot of point guards in college basketball can't do is get inside their paint. To to to, to pick up what, what Lonnie said in the yeah. loss thing, a guy who I was kind of down on or skeptical <laughs> of, I should say, coming into the season is Jake Lehman, who actually I feel like has played better and a lot better than I thought he would have played. Yeah. And But he, when you say loss and, you know, you, you're trying to figure out what's running, I, let me know if you guys, when I see the, when I watch the game, he almost seems like he's not really sure whether he's supposed to be at a three-point line, if he's supposed to be in the paint, whether he should be shooting. There's times I've seen him where he's essentially almost on fire, you know, four of his last four shots knocked down and then doesn't see the ball for quite a while or doesn't know whether he should shoot. It just kind of looks like he hasn't really found his space. You know, he at one point in time was the leading scorer of the team. Then Melo comes, so, you know, he slides down to two. And then now Diamond Stone's there, and he slides down to, the, I guess, essentially the third option. And depends on what Suleiman's got going on on that day. He might even be the fourth <laughs> option on that team. And he just kind of looks sort of out of place. Are you seeing that? Oh, yeah, I am seeing that because, you know, it, it's, it's just tough, man. But being on a talented team, like I told you, you know, team I played on, six, seven pros, um, you know, it's shots are limited. <laughs> So you got to find other ways to score, period. You can't be that guy. What I see sometimes, Lehman tried to spot up and 
actually waiting to receive a pass. Yes. Which 40%, 50% of the time, he's not getting that pass. Right. So that's why sometimes you might see him take six shots, and the next game you might see him take 12 because it depends on who they play and depends on what's going on in that game and how the other players are playing. But Lehman just need to focus on just being a basketball player, man. Go and get an offensive rebound. Be a tough defender. When you get your opportunity to score off the catch, just catch it and let it go. Or, you know, create some havoc, uh, penetrate into the basket or something. You can't be that guy just waiting on to receive a pass from uh, a Melo or Suleiman. So that's my theory on that. Like I said, me and him played some similar positions coming in, into college basketball. So me personally, like I said, like Lonnie just said, man, it was just a great team that I played on. Everybody was on the same page. Nobody complained about shots attempt. Nobody complained about touches. Nobody complained about uh, scoring average or something. Just We just wanted to win. And we was doing whatever it takes to win. And I think Lehman, you know, he's doing a better job with it now. Uh, but he just need to figure out, man, just be a basketball player, man. You know, just go out there, do your job, uh, be the most uh, toughest guy on the perimeter, get offensive rebound. And he's athletic. He's six eight, six nine, man. So it's no problem to get on, get on the boards, get some steals, get you use your length, get in the passing lane. So, you know, just just play basketball. That's what I have for uh, Layman. We so. knocked off the number three team in the country. Now that being said, it was it was a happy day here at my house, and uh, everybody <laughs> was excited. It just still didn't feel the same as beating uh-huh. the Duke or UNC. It just because I don't hate Iowa, you know what I mean? It just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't feel right. You, you're happy yeah. to beat the number three team in the country anytime you can do something like that, but it still didn't have the same, you know, feel of winning an ACC game. That being said, by winning a game like that, how big is it for the psyche of a team? And, Lonnie, can you tell me an experience where something similar to you where you beat one of those, and I guess in our day it probably would have been beat Duke or one of those teams and let you know, like, hey, this, this is for real, like we can actually do this. Uh, yeah, in our day when we played, you know, it, it was a lot of big rivalries. Um, you know, the Dukes, the Carolinas, Virginias, NC States. Um, but like I said, you know, now we're in the Big Ten, so things are it's a different dynamic. But anytime you beat a number three team in the in the country, you know that that's still you know uh, that's still big news. So I mean, we're very proud of what they did. You know, the way they handled it. Um, they went in there and took care of business. And like I say, it's all about making the tournament, which we will be in the tournament. And trust and believe when we get there, you know, Layman, Suleiman, everybody will be clicking. And that's just what I'm waiting for. <laughs> you just ready for the tournament. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm me too. Because, you know, Maryland, they all this talk about Maryland basketball. I'm excited. You know, I'm just happy, man. I, I, I You know. I remember like five, six years ago, man, I'm going to be honest, I, I really couldn't watch that basketball. Mm-hmm. I love Maryland basketball. You know me. I'm always positive. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and I was telling I remember we would come in every week. I'm always positive. How all we need to do is win these like last games in a row. And, <laughs> and then we should be there. And I say, move, give it up, man. <laughs> I'm like a Redskins fan. I'm, I'm a safe fan, but you know the, the fans in Maryland, uh-huh. they, 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 the always, they always believe in the Redskins. Yep. Redskins ain't going to be good for a long time, man. Right. But at the same time, man, you know, I'm just excited about this year, man. I can actually watch this team. The team last year, I can watch it. I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I can talk about it. You know, you can walk around town. You can walk wherever you go, and people are always in your ear. Maryland basketball, Maryland basketball. And everybody excited about Maryland basketball. So just like Lonnie, man, I can't wait to the tournament, man. So, Do you guys put any stock into the Big Ten tournament, the conference tournaments? Uh, Me personally, not really. I mean – we was there. We ain't never won it. We went to two Final Fours. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I do because, you know, that gives you – it lets you see where you at before you go into the NCAA tournament, you know. Um, 
like I said, we never won it, but, you know, we made some great runs in the NCAA tournament. You know, maybe if we had a beat NC State, maybe we wouldn't have won the national championship. You know, maybe we needed that loss to propel us, you know, to get our minds back focused on what we had to do in the NCAA tournament our senior year. And, you know, we lost to NC State, a team we were clearly better than, but we lost and then we went on to win the national championship. And so, like I say, it just lets you see where you're at before going into the tournament. So I believe the the Big Ten Conference is going to be key to, you know, what we do. It's going to let us see where we're at, what we're ready for, how we handle things, and just how we move on and going into the tournament. What do we need to do to make sure we don't have a big letdown coming off of this big victory? Because this, this can go one of two ways. We can be the start of something really nice and a building block for, a, you know, a, a green, a good, a good uh, path to the championship. Or we could easily go into Nebraska or Purdue and just lose – Right, right back there, and just lose that momentum. What, what do we need to do as players? What do the players need to do to make sure to prevent that type of stuff? Um, I truly believe like you just can't never underestimate anybody. You know, you can't come in here like, oh, we're the better team, because it's it's really an even kill in college basketball. If you watch the tournament, you see some teams you never heard of are, are knocking off big time schools, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is nowadays. So you can never underestimate your opponent. You know, you got to stay focused. You can never, you know, concede a victory. Like, oh, okay, we're just playing Nebraska. Like, we're going to take it easy this game. You got to stay focused. You got to stay hungry and take every game, you know, play every game like it's your last because, you know, certain teams that may not be ranked, you know, they're still hungry and they still want to knock off a top team like a Maryland. So you just got to stay focused, you know, like you just got to really, really focus on your opponent, really pay attention to the scouting reports, you know, just don't concede anything. And just keep that that mental edge. Go ahead, Muto. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, college basketball is totally different since we've been playing, man. I mean, the talent has leveled out. I mean, you got some of these like a SMU, you know, would yep. never be in the top twenty-five. Yep. But you know, the talent is spread out so far, man. You so you got to come in every night. I mean, you got Monmouth, you know, coming in and beating top TT. So the talent is all over the country. So and all it takes is one or two phenomenal players. Exactly. So, but everybody's not going to your traditional top ten schools or whatever. They're just going where they know they're going to play, and then you know, the potential probably be an NBA prospect. So they're going places where they can, you know, develop their game and get better and have a lot of playing time. So, just like Lion said, you got to be prepared, man. You got to be ready to play. You can't take no opponent lightly, and. Um, just be focused, man, and uh, task at hand, opponent, don't look down the road, and you got to take one game at a time. As a game of basketball, as the college basketball as a whole, because you, like you just said, and you both have said several times just even today, how much college basketball has changed. And um, we have a, we do another show with another uh, former uh, college player and NBA player, DeMar Johnson, and he said college basketball, correct, I don't want to misquote him, but he said he can't even watch it anymore, isn't that what he said? He said he just can't even watch college basketball anymore. What do you guys think about the state of college basketball just as a whole and the product? Um, like I said before, it's, it's evolved, you know. Like, if you go back into the day, you know, there were a lot of top teams. You know, everybody knew when Kansas was playing. They knew when Kentucky, Kentucky was playing. Right. But like I say now, it's an even kill. You know, there's a lot of great players that might not get a lot of recognition in high school or whatever, that might just go to a, a team where they know they're going to get playing time, and then they turn out to be really good, and it's just not the same anymore as, you know, you see teams that are stacked with 
you know, all Americans, you know, a lot of people just, you know, flocking to the same schools. It just doesn't happen like that no anymore because, like I say, it's an even kill. So I don't think, you know, college basketball is dead or anything. I just think, you know, the way the game has evolved and, you know, the way people recruit nowadays, it's just, it's just a different dynamic than back in the day. And, I mean, there's still – there's going to be a draft every year, right. so it can't be that terrible. You know? so, right. like, I say, it's, like I say, it's just an even kill. The dynamic has changed, and it's just the evolution of the college game. What, what say you, Moo? Yeah, so, uh, you know, me and Mark uh been talking about this for a while. Um, so, as a college basketball now, um, like I say, man, when we played, it was a lot of juniors and seniors getting drafted. You know, now None. The, the evolve of college basketball – you know, if you stay after your sophomore year, you're too old. <laughs> so if you're not that type of player that's good enough to leave your freshman or sophomore year, you might be in trouble. I mean, it's always an exception because the, Bobby, the kid from Oklahoma, which he's probably going to be a top five pick just because he's dominating, you know, just playing Heel. out his – Yeah, he's just playing out his mind right now. But 90% of these players, they have to be a sophomore uh, Oh, first approaching the point where we're going to have – Yeah. Uh, and it's all about it's potential. Be, like, it's not going to be one senior or upperclassman in the entire lottery. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and that's the, like, you know, Lonnie, you know, we're just talking about, you know, college basketball has changed. It's all about potential. And, you know, I, it's the first time this year, I mean, last year in the lottery where I hear, like, well, this guy's too old. He's 22 years old. Like, how he's too old? Well, I, 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 <laughs> unreal, right? Yeah, I heard that in the lottery last year. Like, uh, he might go late because he's 22 or 23. Like, that's what? That's what was working against um, Des Wells. Yeah. They thought Des Wells was too old, and he had pretty much maxed out. <laughs> I mean, like you said, he's 22, 20, what is he, 22, maybe 23 years old. Wow, that's incredible, we man. Still got a lot I thought of you Exactly. I thought you were prime or you, you know, you're just, it's around 27 or 30 years old when you hit that peak, and then, you know, right. you know, you evolve as a player, and, you know, that's where you get your max out from. But I say, wow, I can't believe it, you know, and that's how college basketball has changed. You know, freshman or sophomore, you got to go if you're talented. Absolutely. So moving ahead now, as we look ahead, we talked about those games, and I guess now the, coming up this week here, we have, like we said, Nebraska tomorrow, and then Purdue on uh, on Saturday before BSU. What's BSU? Bowie State. State. That's Bowie State. Maybe I can get four tickets for that game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're all stingy with the tickets. You only can get two. <laughs> But Bowie State, I probably get five or six, <laughs> and it's during the week. So let's see if I get five tickets for that game, Mark. Bowie State, <laughs> a Bowie State game just randomly in the middle of a. Um, yeah, it's weird. That's the one that, you, like Lonnie said, though. That's the one where you got to be. You don't want to just get well, crap. That's, Mark, that's where you end up not paying it. You never. Mark, okay. Mark, let me tell you something. Bowie State got a player right that played for my program. Uh, uh, MJ. I was about to say, you don't even remember the guy's name. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mike, Michael Briscoe. I know okay, his name. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing Bowie State does well, they get a lot of former D1 players. That's right, right. No, exactly. They exactly. They so, that I agree this kid, Michael Briscoe, he played for me. He got a scholarship to uh, North Carolina A&T. Was a very good player. Could have got a, 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 a high major, but, you know, he was looking at his playing time. Something happened. He transferred to Bowie, which a lot of players – that's from this area. That's talented. Leave to go to D one, and something happened. They right. come back to Bowie State. I don't know how they do it, but they get no, a they lot. Of, they get a lot of D one players. So, you know, just like Lionel was saying, man, you know, I, I'm expecting Maryland to win. You think? But I hope. 
Well, you never, you know. You don't never know. I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 but I like I say, I am definitely going to the game because one of my former players on my program is playing for Bowie State, and I can't wait to see him play against a Maryland, against a Trimble, because he was that type of player coming out of uh, out of high school. Okay. Well, the state of Maryland basketball. Yes, something you want to say, Ron? Uh, no. <laughs> Just looking at me, calling me names <laughs> under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> my man Lottie, man. Lottie, I just want you to know I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too. You <laughs> I love you, boy. One bit. I know. That's why I love you, man. You're still <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Before we get out of here, Lottie, we, we get the privilege of getting Mouton um, stories uh, yeah, yeah. all the time. For yeah, years exactly. Give, can you give us oh one Lord. good story about Mouton? <laughs> One good story. One, one oh, good story. Okay. One, 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 one good uh, age-appropriate uh, Mouton story. Age-appropriate. Okay. Um, you know, when Mouton first came to Maryland, oh, you know, he was from Louisiana. You know, he wasn't the typical Maryland. You oh, know, yeah. Still isn't. DMV, you know. And, you know, he had his own little way of how he did everything. Still does. And I remember when we were, one day we were in study hall. Oh, man. And study hall was ending. And Mouton wanted me to take him to Burger King. So he comes up to me. You know, he speaks with the southern accent and everything. So he comes up to me. He was like, hey, Lana, bro, why don't you bring me over to Burger King? And I was like, what? <laughs> why don't I do what? <laughs> he was like, why don't you bring me over to Burger King, bro? And I'm looking at him like, speak English, please. Then another time, the same thing, we were in study hall. So he said, hey, Lonnie, won't you carry me over to the courtyard? I was like, what are you talking about? I don't understand anything you're saying. Like, I can't get away from me. I can't deal with you right now. Like, But I love him to death. Like, without Mouton, there wouldn't be a national championship. Oh, he came in and changed the atmosphere. He made it more alive. We really had a lot of fun just due to the to his energy and the things he brought to the team, his liveliness, his his positive attitude, you know, everything that Mouton brought, he was that missing piece that we needed. And like when, I said. When you guys first heard, so this is before <laughs> Mouton got there, when you heard about this kid from uh, Tulane transferring in, what was the buzz in the locker room amongst the other players? Um, Nobody really knew. Like, we didn't know too much. Like, okay, like we're getting a transfer. Then you meet him and you see him. He was real quiet and shy. He was like. <laughs> what's up with this guy like <laughs> then all of a sudden when we get to practice and his energy is up and he's doing back <laughs> just bumping the manager <laughs> i remember to this day gary williams loved that energy like he would he would turn around and snicker so nobody would see him because you know he's not allowed gary to smile right it right. was like he don't want anybody to see like but when Mouton used to go off and practice and make a play, and like Gary Williams would literally like turn to the side, it would be cracking up, like hilariously, like dying. I'm like, this guy is crazy. Hey, boy, let me tell you a quick story, man. And uh, you know, no, no, it just, 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 just the simple fact, man. You know, like I say, I would never have any regrets because I guess this is the pattern of my life mm -hmm. and who I am today. But if I had a, a situation where I could go to a D1 like this high level from good go because i was pretty you know coming out of high school had opportunities to do that but like I say if i could have went to Maryland for four years that would have been an incredible experience even though the situation too late brought me to this situation you know it probably wouldn't have been the same but at the same time man it's the family atmosphere like i said i never had a better experience except my high school basketball career just because i grew up with those right, guys right, right. but 
I played on a lot of different teams, man, a lot of great teams, but playing for University of Maryland those two years was the most incredible thing ever inside of high school basketball. And the first day when I walk in and my bed, I never forget it. The first day I walk in, my bed was all crazy. I put it get, couldn't get it together, had no tools or whatever. Lonnie was my roommate. Uh 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 what's his name? Danny Miller and his super sidekick Al and uh Taj Hojo was there. So, you know, from day one, Little man, Al. them guys yeah. From day one, man, coming in, man, and them guys helped me with my bed and introduce yourself, you know, sometime in a situation. Why did you have to put together your bed? I don't know. It wasn't together. Because <laughs> you're from the country. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't together. But that moment, man, that moment made me realize that these guys got my back and they're gonna look out for me no matter where I'm from, what type of you know, situation I come from. So, you know, I went. Before you took Danny's spot. Yeah, but still, at the same time, man, that was all the time. But, nah, I mean, right, 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 you know, right. I wouldn't have come to do that. I was right, just nah, trying nah, to come in to play basketball. That's all, man. And being in a situation like that, I never forget that when guys come in that have no idea who I am and come in and greet me and have fun. The first day, we just kicked it off, man. So, you know, like I say, the most incredible experience I ever had as a college basketball player. What does it mean for you, Lonnie, to be, see your name every time you walk in that building, to see your jersey hanging in the Raptor, yeah. the, to bring a national champ- championship to the to the place that you grew up, you know, from yeah. just miles down the street? And what what does that mean to you just about what you brought to Maryland basketball and every time you step in the arena and you see your name up there in the Raptors? Um, you know, me being a natural-born Terp, you know, born in, you know, raised in Silver Spring, Maryland, you know, that's all I ever wanted, you know. Um, and just to accomplish that, you know, just to be, you know, a person that made history for the University of Maryland, you know, and to make history for the state of Maryland, you know, that's 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 really big. And, you know, I'm proud of everything that I've, that I've been through, um, you know, all the steps that I took, you know, to get to, you know, where I am today and everything that I did, you know, when I was in college, you know. There was a lot of ups and downs, you know. There was times when, you know, people said that, you know, I wasn't any good. I was never going to be this player or whatever. But I always kept my mind focused on, you know, you know, my goals and what I what I wanted to accomplish. And I was so proud of myself when we won that national championship because, like I say, being from the state of Maryland, it's just a, a great honor. You know, even to this day, people, you know, they see you and they just say thank you for, you know, such a great year. You know, I just tell them thank you for your support. Cause without <laughs> your support, you know, we would have never done it as well. And like I say, just being from Maryland is a great honor. Did you? Because can speak on that? Because you actually did. You you super exceeded what your expectations were. Did with? I mean, you came in as a what they would call an undersized power forward center. You swear up even was up before we started here. You tried to tell us you were what seven foot seven two or something. <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> what, whatever the case may be. Always, Myself as six eight, but you know with my shoes off and everything, I'm probably like six and three quarters. Okay. <laughs> did, did you man, ever you must got heels on, man? That's two inches. <laughs> did you ever think? Did you did you, when you came in? Did you expect it to go like this? Did you expect it to be? I mean, an NBA draft pick, all of that, all the, all the stuff that you achieved. I mean, that was the goal from day one. This okay. is what you come to college for exactly. to win a national championship. I mean, every player wants to play in the NBA, so this is what I had set in my mind from day one. And, you know, like I said, I was just, you know, happy that I could accomplish so many things, so many obstacles, so many roadblocks in my way. And I was able to do what I wanted to do, you know, on my terms. And it was just a great, you know what I'm saying, great run I had in college, you know, playing for the Terps, my home team, you know, family here, friends here, you know, everybody from the neighborhood here cheering for you. It's it's just a great feeling. Did you ever consider going anywhere else? 
Um, I did, but Maryland was my number one choice, you know, even when, you know, they weren't recruiting me so heavy and people were like, you know, Maryland's not really looking at you heavy. I'm like, I'm going to Maryland. They were like, well, what's your second option? And I was like, Maryland. Like, <laughs> Are you crazy? Did you not hear me? <laughs> like, Right. And I was just like, I'm going to Maryland and things worked out. Today. Here we are today. It's correct, man. Well, let me say yeah. on behalf of everybody who was a student and went through all of that time, say it to Mutan all the time, and I say it to you now that you're here as our guest, that it, it truly was an amazing ride that you took the entire state of Maryland and especially the students in campus. And um, it was a, it, I, in my four years of college, without a doubt, hands down, people always ask me what my number one experience is, and there's no doubt about it, is the Final Four run, both of them. It was just what it meant to the school, the unity, the, even the people outside of campus who didn't go who didn't go to Maryland, just just what it meant as a whole was was amazing. And um, you were two of uh, everybody's favorite players, uh, Mouton and Grievous. I always say are my two favorite. Just just like you said, that energy you can't you can't go against that man. And it's everything. Man, more I never knew that man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you never told me that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Mouton and Grievous, my two. Uh, Mouton and Grievous, my oh, two favorite. Lonnie's there. You're in the top five, obviously. Yeah. My Lonnie, number one moment is I, I still remember uh, <laughs> Midnight Madness when Steve yeah. came out and nobody had a clue who he was. Yeah. And he jumped from what appeared like half court. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped the basketball. And, and between that oh, and the first man. time I saw Wilcox was two of the most yeah. like, wow, who are these dudes type yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know, just a just moment. And then to watch you, Lonnie, to go from, uh, I'm not going to say I was ecstatic about you when Akizi went down, our freshman year. I was like, oh, man, here we go with the freshman, the undersized guy. And boy, did you turn out to be. Way more than Akizia. Well, I don't want to talk bad about Akizia, yeah, but yeah. you had a great career, and and we could have, no doubt about it, would have never won anything uh, without you guys. You guys are both uh, amazing Terps. Uh, anything you want to say? A1, did you have anything you want to say? Mutan, you have anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, I just want to thank Lion for coming out, man. Like I said, man, almost, you know, my teammate, my brother, my friend. I appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, keep playing forever, brother. Okay, thanks, thanks for having me. Okay. I hope you have me again soon. <laughs> it was definitely a, definitely a pleasure to have you, Lonnie. We appreciate uh, anytime we can have a, uh, one, of a, one of the greatest Turks of all time in the building. That, that's always a, 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 a bonus. Um, make sure you guys all check us out next week. Um, again, any questions, get those emails in. Moomail, M-O-U-M-A-I-L at playersvoice.com. Uh, go six man if you want to see the latest events that Mouton has going on. Playersvoice.com is the website. You can listen to the show on iTunes and you can listen to the show on the TuneIn app. Just type in Players Voice. What is it, A1? Is it the barbershop or is it the Mouton show? Type, type in the barbershop, the Mouton show. Okay, under, under the, um, on the TuneIn app or the iTunes app and you'll see it right there. And uh, make sure you guys tune in and keep listening and we appreciate all your support and go Turks.